Brother Patrick. That was wonderful. Um, I had a, <coughs> a message. don't have my, my phone, but it, it syncs with this thing. I don't know how to bring it back up, but Kim Dunlap uh, messaged me and is asking for us to pray for uh, a friend of hers, grandbaby, is two weeks old, and uh, there's a lot of issues, and they say it's, uh, doctors are telling them it's going to take a miracle. And so, um, uh, and I don't even know the, the name. If you can look, Joe Beth, I think our text message has come. I'd like to get the name if you can find that. Uh, it just kind of popped up here, and I'd, but I don't have my phone with me in here. If you go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7, Hebrews chapter 7, you know, I started to, you know, kind of deviate this thanks, Thanksgiving and all that, but I, I just felt like, you know, we'll just continue on in, in what we're doing right here. Um, tried to address thankfulness this, this past Sunday. I felt like the Lord was really leading that direction in both services. And so uh, tonight we're going to be looking uh, at Hebrews chapter 7, and we're going to pick up at, at verse 7. Uh, we, we went a little bit past that uh, last time, but we're going to pick up there in verse 7. <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7, it says, And without all contradiction, the less is better, uh, is blessed of the better. And of course, that's where, uh, where we were, through what we were studying, what we were seeing, uh, Melchizedek is blessed, of, uh, blessed Abraham. And as great as Abraham was, Melchizedek was better. And so it's just this whole uh, thing that's, that we've been studying is, is how uh, great a priest, a high priest we have. And, uh, and how much greater than the greatest of men. And so uh, and, and the way it's been written, Abraham is really thought in the, in the minds of the Jews. Now, you have to understand, you know, it's been, this is the Hebrews. And so who, the, who has been written to, in their minds especially, uh, Abraham is, is the greatest. I mean, Abraham is their father. Abraham is ultimate. Uh, and so in Jesus, uh, of course, the Word of God is saying, uh, you know, as much as you think Abraham is everything, he was blessed of the better. The better blessed him. And so uh, <clears throat> verse 8 is very important because it reveals the eternal nature of Melchizedek. It says, verse 8, it says, Here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them of whom it is witness that he liveth. And so, uh, and this is just, uh, again, emphasizing the eternality of God is the fact that he liveth, and it doesn't say liveth longer, it just he liveth. He just, he continues to live where all the other men before that received the tithes, they died. They, were, they had to be replaced. And so, uh, here the meaning of the priests of Levi's, uh, you know, they, they live, they die, and another takes his place. But the Melchizedek, uh, Jesus, in, in, uh, our high priest, he is our high priest eternally. And so, and we'll be talking about that a little bit more. Finally, we see, a com see the comparison between the temporal and the eternal. When we look at verses 9 and 10, the lesser and the greater, those, uh, you know, death and life. Uh, verses 9 through 10, it says, and as I may say, so say, Levi also who received tithes payeth, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. And so, again, it's a little wordy, but it's just talking about the, the, uh, the eternal uh, eternity or eternal view that God has uh, in the high priest that ever liveth. And so, 
Uh, verse 11 emphasizes how much greater Jesus, the high priest, is above the priests of Aaron. And so, and I'm trying to go through this quickly to get to where we're going this tonight, but uh, time's a little short. But Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11 says, If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of the Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? Okay, so again, uh, you know, I say this so often, but, but it, it seems to me, and at least maybe to some people it's not, but Hebrews is just what I call a little wordy. You have to work through it. But simply put, if the Levitical priesthood was what it should have been or what it, you know, what, uh, it needed to be, uh, there had been no need of another priest. If the Levitical priesthood could have been perfect, and, and uh, if the Levitical priesthood could have been uh, what Jesus is, uh, then there would have been no need for Jesus. And so the whole thing saying is they couldn't be, so there was a need for him. And, that, and that's, it's really, again, it's wordy, but that's what it's saying. The priesthood was not and could not achieve perfection. Uh, there was a need that another should come, and the law of faith. See, the old law, the law that, that brought in the priesthood was going to have to be done away. We're going to talk about that more in just a second, but done away. There was a new law, the law of faith. Uh, faith in Jesus Christ. And so uh, now verse 12, here's where we're trying to get to. For verse 12, it says, For the priesthood, and we'll read through all the way through verse 19, it's for the priesthood being changed, there is made a necessity, a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of the carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testified, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitability of profitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Now, Again, there's just a lot of verbiage in here, but this passage begins with the factual reality that the law would have to be changed, for it was the law that the high priest should come through the lineage of Aaron. And and we have to understand, uh, laws can only be changed by the one who has the authority to change them. You know, that's what's hurting America today, judges are making laws. Uh, They don't have the authority to make laws, but somehow we've allowed them to make laws. Well, let me just tell you, here, the laws of God can only be changed by God. And so that's what what happens here. And he says, uh, it's got to be changed. He said, because it's a law that the priesthood has to come through Aaron. He said, but God says, but I'm changing that because the priesthood's going to come through Judah. 
And this is it's an amazing thing. And so uh, the laws can only be changed by the one who has the authority and the one who instituted the law in the first place. God can do what he chooses to do. And thank God he did because we needed a perfect high priest. Now, this change is prophesied in Psalm 110. Uh, if you, you know, I'm going to read it. You don't have to turn to it, but it's a Psalm of David. It says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord send the, uh, the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning thou hast the dew of thy youth now this the lord has sworn and will not repent thou art a priest ever after the order of Melchizedek and this is in psalm and it's talking about Jesus and he's saying, thou art a priest after... So this is prophesied that this is all going to take place. During, during David's lifetime, David's talking about something the people can't even comprehend because a priest is going to come out of the, of the lion, is going to be the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's going to come out of, uh, out of a, a way and, and a lineage that, according to their law, couldn't happen. Now, the change had to take place for God is a God of order. God, look, God changed the law. You know, my, my old preacher, there's so many things that, that he said and did that as I studied the scripture, I realized they were, they were scripturally based. And we just thought they were just philosophies or teachings. But, but um, uh, he would talk to me and, and we'd have some kind of issue. And a lot of people would, would you know, we'd have a rule. And we had 9,473 rules at the college, you know. I mean, uh, you know, every, every year somebody found a way to, 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 I think it was a challenge to some student to get a rule in the rule book, you know. They wanted to be able to say, that's my rule. That's there because I put it there. But the, all these rules, and, and, and some of them, it was just uh, to the point where, okay, that, I just, I, you know, somehow I just don't think that applies anymore, you know. And, uh, and he would say to me, he said, Bob, uh, he told me one time, he said, Bob, I agree that's not a good rule. He said, but it is a rule. He said, so if it's a rule, we're going to enforce it. Because if it's, he said, if, if we don't enforce it, then we have no rules. He said, so if we have a rule, we're going to enforce it. He said, but we can decide to change it. He said, but, so until we change it, we will enforce it. You know what? That's what God does. And that's what he was saying. God says, this is the law. That priest has got to come through Aaron. And it's going to have to come through Aaron until I change it. See, God's a God of order. He's not going to just, just, oh, well, it doesn't matter what the rule is. I'm going to do it. I won't. No, God changed the law. And so in order that Christ would be legally the high priest, the law must be changed. Look at, uh, look at verses 13 and 14. It says, For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. So, so you, you see that. He's saying, uh, we're talking about a high priest that came through a different tribe, came through a different lineage than, than, than uh, Aaron. He said, he said and, and none out of his family gave attendance to the altar. 
See, you, you know, the, the people of Judah, none of them have ever given attendance to the altar. None of them have ever done that. Now, it says, verse 14, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. So he's emphasizing, uh, you, you know, the, the writer, and again, you know, we started off this t- saying, you know, different people believe different ones. You know, I've read uh, where people just, you know, point blank say, you know, Paul read this. Uh, and, and, and it's true, Paul could have written this, but boy, Paul sure changed it. God allows Paul to change a lot from Romans the way he writes. And so, uh, and I know there's a, hum, you know, we, we think in our human minds, but God can do anything. So he could, you know, he's putting, he's moving Paul to write it anyway. So it's like, you know, okay, the Lord decided to write differently than he did Romans. So this is just written different. But uh, we already have seen that Melchizedek was superior to Aaron and, and all his lineage. So it was reasonable right that the priesthood should change. And so this was happening here, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. He's just emphasizing, uh, and why it's so important, uh, I think to us, we struggle to see, okay, and you're maybe even here tonight going, okay, how long are you going to beat this dead horse? Uh, uh, The the fact is, is that we have to, in understanding Hebrews, you got to understand who was the immediate person contextually who's who's being spoken to is you're speaking to the jews and so they're struggling with this whole concept it's just they're struggling with understanding that somebody uh, that jesus christ out of judah could 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 be the high priest. This is all, don't you understand? This has got to be bouncing around in their heads. It's got to be, this really, they're struggling right now. So he has to keep coming. Uh, again, I, I give my, my preacher, Dr. Hauser, uh, his illustration. He, he taught us, and, and, uh, and I believe, you know, it's kind of been my, my style of preaching, but it's, it's, he would preach one truth, but he would hit it from about 19 different directions. He would, illustration after illustration after illustration and an example and scripture, and he would hit it. But it was just one thing he wanted you to walk away because he he would always say, you know, most people can't even hardly grasp one thing. He said, if I can just get them to walk out of here with one truth, and I'm looking at people that way right now, if I can get them to walk out of here with one truth, well, this is kind of what's being done right here. It's just, we're just, God says, I'm going to, I'm going to move this writer to just keep hitting this because these people need to understand this well i have to understand that that uh, the word of god is eternal so we must understand we have a high priest i wonder how often we even think about that we really have a high priest a high priest a perfect high priest it's it's so very important. We and like I said, though we've already seen that Melchizedek was superior to Aaron. That's what we've been talking about and talking about, uh, and all of his lineage. So it was reasonable and right that the priesthood should change. Verse fifteen, it says, and it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest. Do you understand? That's Jesus. Who is, look at this, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, 
Now, you understand, it's not talking about Jesus being made. It's talking about him being the high priest, not after a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. This is so powerful if we really grasp. For he testified, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The law, the law kept the Aaronic priesthood in place. But listen, the power of an endless, eternal life keeps this priesthood in place. You see, there was no strength in the priests themselves. They were going to live some 20 years, some 40, some 60. They were going to die, and they had to be replaced. And in the only the power that, that, that kept them, this lineage and the priesthood, was not them. It was the law. So that the law would replace them. But now we have a high priest that there is no, there's no need for a law to replace him because he can't be replaced. He is forever. Amen. Now, if you, the, so Hebrews 7.25, we'll get to it later. We're not going to get to it tonight, of course, but it says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, Listen to this, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He ever liveth to make intercessions for them. There is no replacement ever coming here. He ever liveth. And you know something that's amazing to me, folks, is that, I, you know, you and I know how much we need him to intercede for us right now. Do you understand? He ne- I need him to intercede for me right now. But it says he ever liveth to intercede. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't fully understand this. If I ever grasp it and ever get it, I'm going to tell it to you. But, but somehow, it seems to be saying to me that even when I'm in heaven throughout all eternity, he's still interceding for me. I, I, don't, I, I can't even, I don't comprehend it, but somehow... He is still interceding for me throughout all eternity. For he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Now, what is a subtle but vital truth is the omniscience of our God. For all this, now listen, if you look at it in the verbiage, it's so wonderful. All this was set in place in the life of Abraham. Before Levi is born, before Aaron is born, so Abraham meets Melchizedek, and David later prophesies in Psalm 110 of the Christ, our high priest. Verse 18 says, For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw nigh unto God. You see, what's so amazing is that, is that we get to see the omniscience of God because 
God, all the, you understand that, that, that nothing happens that God doesn't already know about. Uh, and again, that's, a, that's an area that we don't fully comprehend. Our, we have finite minds. We cannot fully comprehend the infinite, infinite mind of God. But, but the proof is, is that, uh, that we have a high priest here, 2018. I have a high priest, Jesus Christ, that Abraham met before he was ever born. David prophesied about before he was ever born. It, it, just God knows. He knows everything. And not only knows everything, but he can do everything. So he made it all happen. And so God knew from the beginning that the human priesthood would fail. He knew it was weak and ultimately unprofitable for eternal purposes. The law made nothing righteous. It revealed the weakness of man. What's called the Arianic, the priesthood was to reveal the weakness in man. It was a, a picture of the coming perfection that would come through Jesus. The blessed hope. You see, it says here, it says, listen, this, verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. Yeah. Well, who's Jesus? He's the blessed hope. He's the blessed hope. And so Titus 2.13 says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, folks, there's just, there's so much in here, but what it's, it's telling us is that we have a, a mighty God, a mighty God who's got a mighty plan, and everything he planned, it's going to work. It's going to be exactly the way he planned it. And he's so good to us that he comes even back to Abraham and, 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 and even uh, appears to Abraham and blesses Abraham uh, and Abraham was a man who lived by faith, and he was the father of the faithful. And, and so he's being blessed. David, who is a man after God's own heart, this ought to challenge you to get close to God. Because here we have, we have this, this, this blessing taking place with the father of the faithful, uh, a, a friend of God, we have a prophecy about Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ with David, a man after God's own heart. Wow, I wonder if God might speak to your heart if we'd seek to be his friend. Seek to be a man after God's own heart. Seek to really know Jesus, our Savior, yes, but also our high priest. Now, I, I, I'm not going to tell you that he's not going to show up and bless you because he knows you won't give him 10%. But the, I'm not going to say he's going he's to show up visibly human. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I believe that God, when you seek him, I believe he leads you, he guides you, he teaches you. He never teaches you outside of his word, but he teaches you. How many times, how many decisions we've made together that 
It's you pray in it and God gives a scripture. God gives a passage of scripture. God gives something that just is a confirmation and that have no idea where we're going to go, what we do. And yet God gives a confirmation. Now he's not giving new revelation. He's given a confirmation in the present revelation. And so it just leads us here to this point, looking for that blessed hope. Because he said, for there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. The old command was weak. He was a schoolmaster, but he was weak. For the law made nothing perfect. Again, just before I stop, think for a moment if you were a Jew, grown up, taught as a Jew, this is all you've ever known, and a people, and the law is everything. And we just were told through this scripture, for the law made nothing perfect. That's got to be hard to accept. Folks, that's why we need to be patient with the people we witness to. I had these three fellows. They've not come back to talk, talk to me. I don't know if they're going to or not. But I showed up, I don't know if it was last Sunday morning might have been Sunday morning before. I can't remember now, but it was on a Sunday morning. We were just a few minutes before uh, service was start, and they they came in, three Spanish fellas, and they uh, uh, and I thought, well, you know, they said we want to see if we can rent one of your rooms. And I thought, well, maybe praise God, somebody's going to start me a church in here, you know. But uh, and they said we're Seventh Day Adventist, and we want to we want to see if we can rent one of your rooms on Saturday. Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't say uh, no. I didn't do that. I said, you know, I'd be glad to talk to you. Because the truth is, I'd be glad to talk to you. I really will. You just come on back in, talk. We'll set up an appointment. We'll all sit down here and talk. But before they left, I said, how long have you been, you know, part of the Seventh-day Adventist? And one guy said 14 years. And one guy said eight years. And one guy said 10 years. And I said, oh, y'all. Y'all pretty, pretty intense about it. I said, well, I'd be glad to talk to you. Well, you know, the truth is, I'm, if I get that opportunity, I'm not going to blast them out of the water. I, I'm really not. I, I, the, the, the fact is, is because, you know, people, you don't shove a piece of meat down a baby's throat. They're going to choke. And folks, we got to take our time with people because when they've been taught, indoctrinated, I listen, I'm going to be as patient and kind as I possibly can. And I'm going to continue to do that so long as their heart is least open to talk. Now, when they shut down and they want to start telling me, we got a whole different situation. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. So... Hopefully that'll help us just a little bit. Uh, Hebrews, uh, you know, everybody that I read before I started into this said, hey, the one book you don't want to teach is Hebrews. <laughs> uh, you know, the truth is, it is a little bit wordy, but, but it's the Word of God. So we got to go through it. We need to learn it. We need to know it. And I'm not telling you I've got everything I'm just, I'm learning like you are. I'm growing. I'm doing everything I can to ask the Lord to guide me and through it. But I think it's vital that we go through books, every book, 
of the Bible. All right, Brother Allen, I'll close in prayer tonight.